0: Oh Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Bob you As always, this is Bob, live in the lounge, staring at the Ouija board. Today's guest I brought back. He was on the Country Hawk and Arts Festival podcast I did last week. And I just felt like he had more things to say than the time allotted for it. Um, he's a singer-songwriter, and uh, I first learned about him through the Internet a few years ago. I was very much into um, listening to uh, Queen's album, Hot Space, and I was into uh, synthesizers and that type of sound. And I came across this band called Laban Laban, and I was blown away by it. I thought it was amazing. And um, you know, I, I found out that he's also a singer-songwriter, and he continues to do things in the Philadelphia area. And he's back on the show. Please welcome Mr. Dave Cope.
1: Hello, hello. How can you, you tell doing? me? Can you tell me a little bit about that band? About Laban
0: Laban. Yeah, Laban Laban.
1: Yeah. So um, it started out as kind of a novelty band. We. My friend Damien Mason and I uh, wrote a song called All I Want is Megan Fox for Christmas. It was our our little foray into the Christmas genre. Um, And then uh, our our good friend and fellow musician Andres Villamil produced it. And we made a video for it. It came out in, I think, 2011. Um, And we had the name. I thought the name was kind of funny because, you know, Duran Duran... Um, was a you know the big group in the 80s, and then Simon LeBond was their frontman. So I thought, why don't we just call LeBond LeBond? It's kind of a nod to them. And uh, so the video came out, you know, and we had a lot of fun with that. And about the most fun you could have with like a 300 budget. So, um, you know, that was out there, and people people seemed to enjoy it, and, and it got some good good press. Now after that, because of the name LeBond LeBond, we thought maybe we should be more of an 80s type thing. So I was always holding out to see if I could ever write 80s style songs, and then. Uh, one of the songs that came to me was called Hot Tramps, and that was so 80s that I knew that maybe maybe we should start doing that. So basically in 2013, 2012, 2013, 2014, I recorded a lot of that stuff at home just on, on a on a simple version of Pro Tools. I didn't even have speakers. I just sort of sang into a mic and mixed it a little bit uh, on my computer, and then Andres mixed it uh, and mastered it uh, at his place. Um... So yeah, that's you know, we, we do that, it becomes like performance art. So that we uh, we, we would play shows where we dress up in these kind of space aged outfits with kind of space age glasses and stuff. And my fiance Sarah joined us as a as a dancer in the group as well. And we danced basically lip sync to our songs live and danced sort of like Millie Vanilli and people were like, What what the hell are these guys doing? Why are they doing this? But it was really kind of just a, a fun way to to uh, you know to share the music with people. Uh, otherwise, you know, we wouldn't have been able to really get a band together and do it. So it's it's kind of an absurd, uh, you know, journey into the zeitgeist of eighties new wave synth pop music. For the most yeah, I thought
0: part. it was great. Um, so that band is now dormant.
1: It's dormant. Um, you know, especially with the pandemic thing. I mean, I don't know. No, when no yeah, that's to yeah, to very that. tough.
0: Yeah, everything's dormant right now, right? I Everything mean,
1: dormant. Yeah. No, I, I always dormant. thought
0: that that was a really well done production i i'm a big fan of like when someone actually puts on a stage show you know i mean it's really easy to like you know learn a few chords and sit on a chair and sing some songs but to actually perform in front of people and to make it dramatic i've always looked for that in live performance and i i remember like scrolling like when's their next show and i didn't see any but good on you for that and uh for creating that um so like you know in the years that followed, I mean you you started um you had a band and now you're a solo artist as well. And you record you do all the recording yourself?
1: Um I do a lot of recording at home just because of uh, the necessity to get it done. I don't have like a big budget to go into the studio a lot of the time. Uh the last record I made with the Sass, Dave Cope and the Sass, that project, I made some of it at home, but we were given a budget to work with. So we kind of did it like a label and um did the drums and mixing and various other little things in the studio at uh, Spice House Sound, a studio in uh, Fishtown uh, run by Alex Santilli and the engineer was Eric Bogach. And Fred Berman played drums on that record. So basically that record was uh, bass player, Ethan Ryder, myself and Fred Berman basically, you know, I would do a lot of the basic tracks, and then Ethan would do the bass, and then Fred did the drums. So it was basically a trio embellished with a couple other things. My friend Alexander came and played violin. So I don't always do stuff alone, but lately, because there's nothing else I can do, you know, I'm recording stuff at home, and I, I don't have a very good setup right now. I, have, uh, I just have GarageBand on, one, on my, my, uh, my, what is this called, a MacBook Air. I used to have uh, Pro Tools and a nicer, a nicer setup but now I'm kind of just like singing into the computer and microphone. Like, like we're talking now that's the microphone I'm using to sing. I, into I wouldn't,
0: you know what? The thing is though, I wouldn't have known the difference. I mean, I too work with micro budgets, you know what I mean? Like uh, the, the microphone that I usually use for the podcast costs me a hundred bucks, you know? And um, sometimes it's fun to make stuff from nothing, you know? And like, you, you can like, you find cur- like creativity in those moments and you also find, you know, inspiration. Um, Like, when you, set, like, when you set out to write a song, I, a couple weeks ago, like you posted a song, and I think I, I messaged you, I was just like, you know, like I've never heard this song before, but it sounds familiar, but yet completely new, and like that's a hard thing to do, like there's a, a few bands that were like that, I was actually listening to uh, Robbers and Cowards when I was cutting the grass today by the Cowork Kids, and I mm-hmm. felt the same way when I heard that. For you, like when you were creating like your music, like I could see that you have the Jimi Hendrix poster behind you, but like growing up, like what was your main inspirations?
1: Uh, uh, you know, I mean, I was a kid. I heard the Beatles when I was younger i when I was a kid, I sang in church choirs and choirs, so my first experience with music was i guess in a sacred context, um, so I guess there was always a kind of a uh, an appreciation of the of that aspect of music and trying to achieve that kind of thing now I don't always go for that, but you know then I heard Sergeant Pepper and Rubber Soul, and then I got into you know. Jethro Tull for a while, which is kind of funny, and uh, you know that stuff. Yes, Uh, David Bowie, I got really into. So a lot of classic rock stuff I was really into, but I was also very into uh, like funk, funkadelic, very into funkadelic. Um, Other R and B from that time, Um, and right now what I'm really reaching back to is uh, is classical influence. You know, when I was younger, I I also was into classical. I actually sang, um, I sang opera or classical music as a kid. I could have taken that as a career. I could have done that, um, but I I decided against it. I, I would have, I rather wanted to um, write stuff, and I was into rock and roll and all that stuff too. So, um, but that's coming back now, especially now that I have a lot of time on my hands at home. Um, so what you know, what's inspiring me right now is uh, trying. To create something, you know, that is mysterious, that is beautiful, that that the person listening doesn't really know where it's coming from, but it's enjoyable and it's mysterious and it and it, and it evokes a pleasurable response, which is probably what most people go for. So my inspiration probably is is very similar to to to, to a lot of people who do it. Um, and you know, the the fact that you know for a long time you suffer with that because you have you know you might have good taste, you might know what you like, and you might know what's good, but you can't recreate that or achieve it and even now as i get older like i still don't know how it's done you know and i I do my best and sometimes i get closer to writing something i want to hear um but you know it's just a lot of work it's a it's really a lot of work if you if you're into it you have the will to do it that that's part of the inspiration as well just wanting to create something good and beautiful you know that's
0: classical music um it's 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 um a part that uh, I can identify with is that when I was on tour with my band Downtown Harvest, like we were in a conversion van and the driving was split between myself and another person because we didn't trust the other guys at all. They were just the worst drivers in the entire universe. I mean, like they couldn't even see brake lights ahead, but that's a whole nother podcast. But one of the things that we both enjoyed the other driver and myself was we would only listen to classical music when we were behind the wheel and it helped us, you know, travel long distances, and like, you know, there's something to be said about a long piece of music, you know, like, mm. songs are tra- traditionally, like, three to four minutes long, and, you know, you don't get enough time to spend with it, but classical music, I mean, even, like, saying, you know, like, classical, like, you know, there's, it's a broad definition, really, but I mean, I I still listen to it, you know, uh, my son's four years old, and I play him a couple tracks as well. It, it's hard to, um to shoot for like a goal when you're, when you're recording too, like, you know, that hit that target thing of like when, like the music that you want to hear, you know, and it's always a difficult situation because you need people to do it. You know, you need others. It it can be attained by yourself, but as you were saying before, like, you know, when you're recording yourself, you know, it's just you and that microphone. It's not the other individuals that are put into, um, you know, the room, like your band, like um, Sass, like, I miss that so much, man. There that's one thing that, like, this whole quarantine, this COVID-19, and I'm realizing now that there were so many missed opportunities, like, where I could have, like, gone out to see a friend on a Friday night, you know what I mean, like, uh, playing down, like, Yank or something. I didn't do it. And hopefully yeah. in the new world, you know, we can go back out and participate. I mean, today is uh, Wednesday as we record this 2.15, and um, Disney World just put out a statement saying that they plan to reopen in July. And um, I was, I was there, man. I was in Disney world with my son bugging out the last week in February, like literally like two, three weeks before everything kind of went haywire. And it was, it was a really bad experience, but then it turned out to be a good experience because like the whole time, I mean, I have, I've talked about it on my show before. I mean, yeah, I'm definitely like a germaphobe. I'm definitely like, you know, conscientious about the world. And like, you know, I read world news. I knew that people were getting sick. And after every ride, man, we were hand sanitizing, you know, like my my my, uh, my wife thought I was nuts. And then, you know, we started hearing stuff, but I'm glad that I had that moment there. But, you know, I, I would never go back right now. Like not knowing, I mean, like we're in this stage right now where like, you know, you're in the same boat. I, I believe you're like, you're waiting it out to see you're also taking care of people and you're not like really necessarily thinking of just yourself, you know, and it's hard to read that type of, Reflection on you know social media and like I've even contemplated like I need the social media for the Country Rock and Arts Festival and stuff like that. But I was thinking after like the festival just to take a couple months off. I've done it before and it's it's just
1: it's a toxic environment. Do you find that? Oh, social media. Yeah, I mean it's uh, saying telling my friend that it's it's like a war of thoughts. I mean it's like everyone feels empowered to speak out about everything, and you have the uh, you have the the power to do so, and that's. You know, that's that's great in a lot of ways, but it inevitably actually makes you more powerless than than you think you are because the ability to do that doesn't really get much done. I mean, you might change your mind, but you probably won't change that many minds by writing about this or that or criticizing something. You'll probably be preaching to your, the, the choir for the people who follow you, and then you'll be alienating the other people, and it's created yep. this climate that is, you know, a continuation of the Civil War, I would say. And I mean, you know, that things, you know, Things, massive events in history and, and massive systems, they don't just go away once someone calls a truce or waves a white flag or anything. Those repercussions are felt like a rippling of a pond and, and the ripple is eternal. I mean, it, it ripples out forever. I mean, we're still, still dealing with the, the remnants or the, um, you know, the, the effects of World War II or the Vietnam War, or of, of the Civil War and when you get get into this you know microcosmic world where it's like almost like the lungs of like alveoli a million different little like roots and trees of different people's thoughts just sort of swimming around in this sort of muck of just you know diatribes against this person or that person um it it i don't know if it really there's really any power in that or if it's a kind of a way of you know containing everybody uh and keeping them you know well now we're all we have to be at home but i mean keeping everybody from really trying to make a difference like if i i can go over i can go on facebook right now and criticize how terrible it is that you know you know black people are getting killed by cops and and i i think some people would would obviously identify that and and and, and love that and i would i would be happy to get it off my chest but is that's my my doing that what is that actually going to do you know, as opposed to taking action, joining some kind of group, like trying, you know, voting. I mean, even even voting is a way of getting getting that stuff out. You know, uh, in a, in a in a better, potentially more productive way. At the same time, you know, you might change your mind. So it's really, you know, it's anybody's call. What on any given day. I mean, I I think it's sad that artists post like music and stuff like that, and that's like the least sort of. Uh, viewed stuff on there you know like an artist. isn't it amazing it's you know
0: i'm sorry to to interrupt you but it's such a an important point we see the people's we see people post stuff and we don't like it and we don't share it and like the thing is the algorithms are fighting against musicians right now and they don't i mean i don't know if they know this or not but i mean people aren't liking your stuff because they purposely are doing that because they want you to pay money to get your music out there And and it's such a um it's i feel defeated by the whole process and I want to touch uh, upon what you were talking about earlier about the war of thoughts and how the ripple effect has been going on a really long, long time. And, you know, it's gone back even further than the civil war. And it's gone back since, you know, I mean, day one, really, I mean, we were meant to pick a side, good, evil, or, I mean, even like when you're growing up as a kid, like I struggled with the fact that, um, like one of one of my best friends um, was Jewish and um, my, you know, I I didn't know about it, you know, nobody told me. And then like when I was like three or f- maybe five, he started telling me about like his practices and stuff. And I was like, wait a minute, we're different. Like, how did this happen? You know, like I always felt that like, at least, you know, when you're in those, you know, first few years of being, you know, in existence that, you know, it's an even playing field. At least I f- still feel that way. And I can't understand how people continue to drive th- this discord through society, and um, it's just it's a shame that we have to choose all the time, you know. And like, it's always like one person over here, and one person over there. I mean, a few years ago, I mean, I mean, it's happening now. We're going to talk about it, obviously, what, what happened to George Floyd. But I mean, like, I remember just a few years ago seeing you know Black Lives Matter signs, and then shortly thereafter, seeing Blue Lives Matter signs sprinkled all across the lawns in the, my suburban neighborhood. And you know, I'm going to be honest because. I think that's all you have in today's world is, honesty. the majority of these people who were putting those signs there weren't putting the signs out there because they were um, you know, supportive of the police force. They were doing that because they were racist against black people. And it broke me, man. Like, I was just like, you gotta be kidding me. This is the world we live in now, and it's still continuing. Now, what happened with George Floyd um, this week in the news, it's terrible to watch. I watched the whole video. My wife didn't want to watch it, you know, and I needed to watch it. I, I felt compelled to see what had happened to this poor man. And, you know, it happens all the time. And, you know, somebody, I think Katie was saying on our last podcast that, you know, it, there's a, this oppression has gone on for a long time unnoticed because, you know, cell phones weren't invented. I mean, like, how do we fix this, though? I mean, like you were saying before, like being inactive, you know, like being somebody who – necessarily you know post about it but doesn't go out and do something about it i don't know what we can do to to figure like i thought for sure that maybe covid could start to help the healing process you know that we're all the same and we all should be treated accordingly i just don't I, like i'm gonna i am at to do not know how to go about this you know like how do you fix this like ancient like thing that's been instilled in humans where they have to hate one another
1: well it's It's not, that's the thing, is that um, it can't, it can't be fixed in the way you're talking about, you know, Wouldn't it be great, though, if we could just completely start over and erase any type of bigotry or, or racism? It just. It would. I mean, it would be, it would be great. Now, the thing is, is that there are worlds above this world that we live in where that doesn't exist, where you're, you're talking about uh solid still symbols that are encompassed in our world in a motion sort of way in a musical way in a way that goes from this point to this point but within that motion and then in that sort of uh symphony of dichotomies and symphony of opposites there is within that a stillness uh, and balance that we don't always see because we're in we're in the world of time and space or we, we we as humans we measure time our lives are measured in a sort of a temporal way. So like you're saying, like going back to the Civil War, going back to before that, I mean, the, the beginning of time, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, every the, it's, every action has a reaction and every, every event leads to another event. And within that seeming endless line of flawed events and strange things, there is above that a supernal kind of... Um, still existence like a yin yang you think about it you know like if you think about that symbol you know so in our world we're down here in this really in the muck of it we're dealing with our own not only the 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 angry thoughts of others and everything but our own sort of inner war our inner like jihad whatever you want to call it the inner you know the inner turmoil in our own thoughts which just we react to everything because that's what humans do because that's what animals do because animals are farther away from that stillness than let's say plants or the rocks, or those things. Those things are very close to that stillness. We're the farthest. And yet, some we would say, and this is a Jewish idea, is that some would say that by being the farthest away from that, our choice to turn back to that goodness, to turn to goodness, makes us closer to God or closer to the angels than any any other um, kind of being, because we have that choice, because we have that will to, to make changes. And, you know, the the big thing is to to see beyond you know those automatic responses that we have as you know I'm on this team you're on that team and that's very hard to do and we can't always do it we don't always do it we're not supposed to always do it but what's comforting is to know that even if we don't do it at all our actions no and uh, no matter how brutal they seem or how awfully judged they are how good they are how benevolent they are on this plane they will always be balanced on that higher plane somehow that's what I think I could be totally wrong but you know that's sort of what I'm thinking is that and it's a it's a meditative way to get beyond this pain, this insane pain that we're all feeling. Um and it could also be a cop out now that I think about it. You know, it could be another way of just not dealing with it. But that said, you know, I, it's hard to on yeah. craps about, you know, what's going on in this planet. It just keeps giving in light. It just keeps giving and giving and giving, you know. And um yeah you know, so different, different scales.
0: Did you uh, freeze on me? I think he might've froze on me, ladies and gentlemen. It's okay. I mean, like what he was saying there though, basically is the truth. I mean, it's a difficult thing to, um, to do nothing, you know, as Ronda Rousey says to be a do nothing bitch or something like that. Right. I mean, like you got, you got to do something. You got to raise awareness of how people can be better Let's uh, see if we
1: can connect with Dave Cope again. on One sec.
0: Yeah, we lost him, but you know, it happens. And it, it's just a touchy subject, you know, it's, it's, um, it's touching the fact that you don't know how to approach it. How do you change somebody's point of view? How do you change somebody from being racist, you know? What that cop did was wrong. I mean, they all got fired and stuff like that. And like, you know, I mean I watched another video of he, he wasn't resisting. You know, he he didn't resist. I mean maybe when he got to the car he fell down because they were dragging him, but like to put your knee on somebody's neck, I mean, that to me is just it's unforgivable, really. And uh it's just a shame, you know, and it shouldn't happen. Um it shouldn't happen here. It shouldn't happen anywhere in the world, you know. We need to take, figure a way to take care of each other. I've said this before that, you know, I mean, it's a shame that we didn't figure out how to make cops robots. I mean, robots don't have any feelings. I guess AI could eventually start to make feelings up. But I mean, something where, like, how do you go to work when you're having a bad day if you're a police officer? I don't know how I could do it, man. I really don't. It would be it would be hard. It would be hard for me to, to deal with that, you know? It would be hard for me to... Um, like anytime I would go to work, like making videos or something like that, and I got in a fight with my wife, my work would suck. It would be terrible. Hey, what's up, man? Sorry, Welcome man. back. All good. Oh, I think I lost you again. We'll keep we'll keep chatting, chatting by myself until you come back. Um but yeah, I, I just think that it's it's a, it's a difficult thing, man. Like how do you get people to to turn the tides, you know, like how do you get people to see the perspective from somebody else? You know, I've never, I've never had a problem with that. I've never struggled with, you know, this type of ideology to put my, you know, to practice altruism, to be emphatic, to be able to see past other people's differences. I just can't grasp how we're still struggling with this now in the year 2020, especially with COVID, man, like, come on, like, we're all in the same boat now, you know, I mean, like, it's just rough it's a rough batch you know here we come he's coming back to the show now Lise. i told you he'd be back dave you with me again
1: yeah sorry i don't know what's going on with my all right my it's all good action.
0: man don't worry about it i kept chatting the whole time i was basically saying that um you know it, it it's hard to get people to see your point of view it's very hard to change somebody's mind on anything really i mean at least you know if somebody's favorite color is green you got a lot of work ahead of you to change it to red you know but I just, I was saying like when you were um, reconnecting that it's a shame, like I had a thought too. And like, it's almost like I, I did it to myself too. It's like a cop out. Like what if like police officers, you know, I, I happen to know some that I'm related to, some who, you know, I'm not related to who are nice people. You know what I mean? But unfortunately they're mixed into this, this batch with the others who don't know what they're doing. And then I started thinking like, how do you go to work? When you're a police officer, when you got into a fight with your wife or fiance, or if you got into or something happened to you in your personal life, and then you got to go like I was just saying, like, I used to edit video and like, I would get into a fight with my wife, I go to work, my work would be shit. You know what I mean? Like, that's something to it, you know?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. There are so many variables. And that's what I'm talking about. Is this, this is the world of details. You know, the big picture world where everything is balanced and everything. We don't live in that world all the time. We we can choose to go there in our minds, but when you're dealing with the day-to-day life, you're dealing with fights. You're dealing with small little personal issues that add to, you know, your your your, the way you work and the way you work with others and your your general mood in a day can change so quickly, and can have so many effects. And and the the danger in that is this is that. You know, while we have the power to react, we're also, you know, laden with years and years and miles of DNA and miles of traits and miles of historical experiences that that filter into our own individual lives. And the only thing we can really do, you know, forget about changing other people's minds, we can change our own way of reacting Mm -hmm. to situations. And if we change that, you know, you have control over that, or so we think. I mean, even then, I don't know, how much we really how much agency we really have but if you if you start in that place and say you know all right this person you know is is threatening me or is has a different point of view how, how do i choose to react to that you can you can choose to react in a myriad of ways in a million different ways you can react to that you know um and you have that choice and you know everyone everyone doesn't realize they have that choice. And everyone doesn't realize the scope of that, of that power, actually, of the ability to react in a way that is, um, you know, passive or active or beneficial or detrimental every, and, and the other thing is this, is that, you know, the way we react, we can see it as being beneficial in that moment. You know, there's the old, the don't stand by, you know, but regardless, I, I'm talking about a, a thing that's, you know, Probably a little too silly, but... No, um,
0: I see where you're going with it, though. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it, if you get into that sort of philosophical, the philosophical world, of, you know, the clouds or whatever, you see that, you know, all you, all you can do, you can just try your best, and you can, and you can try to, you know, if you want to be a good person, try and find out what being a good person is, and really what being a good person is, not just sort of what, you know, the platitudes that come with it, like, you know, thou shalt not kill, all the, the commandments... You know there are there are so many deeper meanings in those commandments. There are so many deeper meanings in in all of these stories that we know, and when you know those deeper meanings, you know that can create an entirely different idea of being good. Like an example would be, you know, we all know the story of Cain and Abel. You all know that story about the first the first murder, right? I mean, so-called. I mean, that story is really about jealousy. And it's about rationalization of an unthinkable deed, so that the human mind being what it is, being this, the paragon of animal intelligence, oftentimes through laziness, through indolence, and through, you know, uh, a need to, to, to keep the, the very soul of the, of, of, the, of the subject, which is a pure, pristine, golden thing, apparently, to keep that free of the muck of crime, we will rationalize anything. So, like Cain and Abel, you know, they're, they're, they both give a sacrifice. God loves... Uh, Abel's sacrifice, and he, you know, doesn't like Cain, so Cain is jealous, Cain is angry, and he, all it says in that book is he, you know, he uh, he kills him, but there's a whole commentary on that, talks about where Cain, in order to rationalize his this horrible deed, he creates this whole matrix of reasons why he should, you know, get angry with Abel at first, and then kill him, you know, and it becomes this whole thing where, like, you know, well, you know, you did this and this and this and this and this and you, you know, you took this from me. And then finally, you're standing on my land. So I have every right. You know, it's like, what is that? What is that thing called when, when guys have guns? Like, uh, when, you know, in Florida, we can uh, oh, uh, stand your ground. Stand your ground. That that idea is in Cain and Abel. You know, that idea, that excuse to do something so unthinkable because it's really coming from your own pain. And that's what we're talking about with the George Floyd thing is that this country that white America, that this, this whole system in place has been so brutal to a group of people and has been so unforgiving to that group of people who really did nothing wrong in the first place, were brought here against their will, that that monster is what is subverted and what is tamped down and what is rationalized and that brutal activity is rationalized as much as it can be by the perpetrators of these crimes they're saying, well, you know, I'm only, I'm only keeping the peace. I'm, I'm, I'm policing. I'm, you know, this guy's a criminal, you know, he had it coming, you know, George Floyd didn't really have it coming. Did he? No, you know, not at all.
0: Least, That's just the thing. I mean, like they said, there was like forgery, but like to put your, your knee on somebody's neck because they forged a document, not saying that he did or did not. But I mean, like it it's a hard thing to grasp. I mean, I was like just early into um, puberty, I believe when I, I saw the Rodney King video and like, I remember like the, you know, the reaction then and thinking like, you know, that we've got to change this. So why is this happening? And then like, you know, I I remember I got a little older and I saw like boys in the hood and stuff like that. And I was just like, holy shit, man. You know I mean? Like I grew up in the suburbs, you know, I I was fortunate to have things and stuff like that. And then when I found out, it was just a hard thing to, to realize is that, I mean, there's aspects of socialism that I agree with in a way, you know what I mean? Like nobody should be living in poverty. Nobody should be, you know, not, able to um to do all the things that we enjoy but like i i firmly believe like what you're saying too it's just like i mean like you know slavery in general i mean like how did they rationalize that you know what i mean And like you're talking about cain and abel and the, you know rationalizing things and making sense of it and it just it's, a, it's one of the greatest blunders like i can't understand how we allowed it and how now in 2020, we still have things like we saw the other day. I mean, there's people on the street there who were trying to stop the officer. Try, was, I believe there was even an EMT that was like standing off to the right saying like, you need to check his pulse. And the thing I couldn't understand is even after he lost consciousness, the police officer still had his knee on his neck. And that to me is just vindictive.
1: Oh, it's, it's beyond vindictive. It, it's, I mean, it, you see it and, and you can't believe it. And... Yeah. I mean, and the reason, you know, the, the whole thing with going back to slavery and going, you know, it, it all comes down to, to money at the end of the day. A lot of it. I mean, now, now is money, they say it's the root of all evil, whatever. It's, you know, but it, it, it's always, someone is always getting exploited in our society. It's almost as if someone has to be exploited so that some other people can come here on a boat and join in and, and meld in the melting pot. There has to be, you know the bottom of the pot still has to be, to be controlled so that everything else can rise, and this is just another example. I mean, it literally there's there's such a lack of respect and such a lack to, such a lack of dignity given to you know communities of color in this country, and it, it just it needs to stop. I mean, like
0: it like it's gone on long enough. And hopefully, I mean, like, there's this, I guess there's a couple age groups that are eventually going to die out, you know, but like you were saying before, at the beginning, like these type of um, thought patterns or thought imprints have been laid out for, you know, hundreds of years in some people. And I, I can't understand it. I mean, like, even like when you're, you know, like drawing the line in the sand and stuff like that, you know, I think Jesus had that line, like those among you, Uh, without sin, throw the first rock, right? Nobody ever thinks that way. You know what I mean? Like people are still like, oh, it's not me. That don't matter. And it's just like, and these people too are also the ones who go to church every Sunday, you know, and they just take it for granted. They're like, they think that scripture is just a bunch of words that they shouldn't like seek out deeper meaning and stuff like that. But, you know, I studied religions of the world in college and stuff like that. And I found great, you know, inspiration in hearing what other people's thoughts were. And I just can't understand how that's just not a thing. Like, wouldn't you want to know about what's on the other side of the wall? You know, like, hmm. it's a hard thing for people to grasp the, the unknown or, or to identify with what other people are feeling. And, you know, with people of color in this country, you know, I mean, certain like that, it just, it happens so much, you know, like in the news cycle now, they, they've got to figure a way around, around it, you know, like you've got to stop this type of behavior like i don't know if there like psychological tests are given to police officers to determine their personality traits but it's going to get worse and you're going to have more protests that turn violent
1: no i know i know i mean I, you know and i can't imagine you know to to be fair to a lot of the good police officers i can't imagine how stressful that must be to be a police officer obviously there's a lot of stress in a job like that where you have to carry a gun and you're dealing with you know crime That's a stressful job, you know, I I understand that. Um, I understand that, but what I don't understand is, well, you know, that's the thing. I mean, have you ever been, you know, have you you ever been really stressed in a situation? Have you acted like yourself as you were when you were totally calm and and cool and level-headed? That's that's the test. I mean, there have been situations recently where that have been stressful for me, where I've been a total jerk. And I, feel, I haven't, I haven't been, you know, the person that I thought I was, you know, because other I, things. I 100%. Yeah. It's, it's, so,
0: hard, it's hard to keep your level, you know, head on you, like about like two and a half weeks ago, we were outside on the weekend, my family, my son, um, you know, I had to come inside to get my, my son something to drink and my wife was outside. And uh, I look, look through the window and I see her reaction. And she's like, who the hell are you? Why are you on our property? And where's your mask? And I'm like, are you kidding me I look out the door and like there's this guy standing here and and he won't answer any of my questions and he's wearing um he he just looked a little off you know and like he wouldn't answer my questions And I went to the front door as he was leaving I'm like what are you doing here he's like I was just trying to ask you a question I'm like ask me the question and he was like I just wanted to know if I could take the toy I was throwing a toy car out in the trash that my son didn't want no more and I didn't put a sign on it that said free and I was like look man take it take it you know just take the trash can if you want. And then he said some nasty stuff to me and then he started dancing on my property and wouldn't get He wouldn't leave my property. And uh, I acted crazy and I never called the police. I called the police on him. The cops came, whatever. And I felt terrible about it for like the days afterwards. I was like, I, I, I mean, I said some nasty, pretty nasty shit that I don't want to repeat here just because it was just out of a place of, you know, anger. And um, recently uh, I found out who he was and uh, I rolled up to his house and I rolled down the window and apologized to him. And matter of fact, and this is no shit today, when I was cleaning out my garage, I found like an old shopping cart that my son don't play with. And I put a note on it and said, Ted, this is for your grandchild, Bob. And I put it on his front lawn because that's the stuff you're supposed to be doing right now is acknowledging your mistake and trying to make it better and, and extend an olive branch to somebody that you had indifference towards. And that's what we need.
1: Mm. yeah yes that's that's exactly right and that's and you see how hard it is to do that when when you're given a stressful situation um very
0: hard very hard when you're in a stressful situation you are not thinking correctly and to i, I mean in a police officer it's got to be the most stressful i mean first off your life's on the line right i mean like you think you could die at any moment right um and there's just too many things to play. I mean, like, from what I gathered, too, I mean, I looked it up once, they don't get paid that much, you know what I mean? So, like, they're struggling, you know? Yeah. And their lives are on the line, you know? And, like, whereas, like, people who um, do computer coding are making bales of money, you know what I mean? Or something like that. Like, yeah. it's like this uneven balance in our society where we measure wealth also, too, by our position, our roles, and, like, our jobs and stuff like that.
1: And, you know, it's what's interesting also uh, is you know, well, yeah. Back, one thing about the stress response, you know, like you ever heard, like the samurai would used to used to meditate on their deaths. They would meditate on how they would die, so that when it actually happened, they would they would go as calmly as possible. You know what I mean? And that's have an interesting. Have you ever
0: read *Hakuru*? Uh, the way of the samurai.
1: I have. Yeah. I have. The Harakuru, think- right? Is that what it is? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I got it. I, I got the book on special order from uh, Walden Books, I believe, after um, I saw the movie Ghost Dog in, like, 1999 with uh, Forrest Whitaker.
1: Right. right, yeah. And
0: I love the book.
1: Yeah, I have that book somewhere here. I don't know if I have it here. on has got on a cool
0: cover. One. Yeah. It's got, it's got the Samurai Code on the front, but, I mean, um, it's a great movie, too. It's uh, I don't think it's on, like, any streaming service, but it is correct, though. I mean, and also, too, I mean, like, the way the samurai, you know, they, they meditate on their death. Like we, that's the, one of the things that happened with COVID. It was very hard for people to understand that their mortality could be, you know, in jeopardy. And um, I mean, even uh, we touched upon this with the Country American Arts Festival thing, but I mean, it's rampant on my Facebook right now where so many people are just like saying that our civil liberties are being taken away because we were asked to stay inside and wear a mask. I could think of a lot of other things that would suck more, you know?
1: Hmm. I can. Think, I can think of. I Can, I can think of a, a lot of. Yeah. A lot of. A lot of other things that would suck more. Uh. You know, including being on a ventilator and not being able to say goodbye to your family when you die. I mean, all, all those things. You know. I mean, come on. You know. It's. I. But look. Another thing I like to say is, you know. Um. You know, the more time you you spend contemplating goodness, contemplating what good is you know the less action you're committing out in the world so that you know if you you know to take that in every day we take that we take people just speaking out like that and they're being stupid and they're going to influence stupid people i mean i'm sorry but it's stupid it happens all the time i say
0: it like in the comments they rally behind them because they're justifying their existence alongside somebody else's and we we always do this like comparison thing well yeah. he's going out and he says he's not wearing a mask, then maybe I can go out and not wear a mask. And it's just like, God, like, dude. I just never well, disagree with, like, the science. Like, if a scientist tells me that I got to wear a mask, you know what I mean? I'm going to wear a mask. You know what I mean?
1: Like. Well, listen, listen, just, yeah. Do, all you can do right now, you just do your part. Do your part. You know, don't, social distance. Wear the mask on your outside. Yes. And be, and be somewhat... Be somewhat relieved that you're young and that, you know, and, and your child is, like, the, the, it's, this isn't, you know, it's a very dangerous disease, but, you know, all in all, it's, the, the people you, the people you have to protect are the older people, usually. I mean, older people, and by, by doing this, you're being a good son, you're being a good, you're being a good friend to, to people who are older, you're being a good friend to your fellow man and just keep that in mind and and when the other people start talking that way you know what are you going to do is it are, are you going to add to that ripple in the pond by by just saying something else that will then just create another another level of conflict do you do that and there are places to do that and there are times like with the George Floyd situation where things have to be done you know where we have to really get up and and start start taking action all the time about it but when it's like you know Johnny Careless on Facebook talking about you know doing this and that and you know going and kissing everyone in the street or whatever just because it's his freedom, you know that guy's an idiot. Whatever, you know, let him go, let him do it. What do you you know you can't you're not going to stop him. I know. So just get out of just get out of his way. Just don't just don't hang around him. You know,
0: it's crazy though how many like how much time is spent on those platforms just breeding negativity. And it's like, I, I do, like after the and Arts Festival, I'm I'm taking a break from it. I, I just got to the point now where I just, I don't even enjoy reading it. It's like banter at times. Like, and, yeah. and the majority of these people who are making these statements probably have never read a book like the, the Way of the Samurai or anything that can allow them some sort of insight into what is beyond that wall. And that's, I guess, a good theme that we're talking about you know today it's like to be, see beyond that wall and see what you could do to make a difference you know and like not just think that like by it's hard it, it's a really hard thing and like I wish that we didn't have to have this conversation um your latest release um before we go I want to talk about
1: um appropriately titled stay the fuck home what can you tell the, the listeners about that uh, that's just been stuff i've been recording That's uh, sometimes it's it's covid-19 sort of themed or sort of reflections of what i've been going through and my family's been going through um, it's uh yeah it's all it's all done on garage band here at home i mean i did i did the first album i'm doing i'm on to album 2 now of this stuff mm-hmm. so i did the first album this past month um, and it's yeah it's like you know it's like rock you know kind of uh, seg- a little bit psychedelic a little bit garage rock a little bit 60s rock a it's lot got a of great
0: sound. I enjoyed the sound very much. Thanks, man. Like, Thanks. And then, like to, to find out too that you're just using the the the, the, the microphone on the laptop. That's amazing. Yeah.
1: Well, they, you know, GarageBand actually they've actually come a long way. I didn't realize they've come a long I, way. Have you ever used the, um, the interactive drummer? I have not used that. No. What is that? What do you do with that? Wh-
0: which version um GarageBand are you using right now?
1: Oh, God, you want to check? Hold on. Let me see.
0: Uh, I, I can, I mean, um, if you update to the most recent one, right, it's got, I can't open the file right now. But basically, um, I'm pretty sure since you're using a MacBook Air, you can just update to the new platform. But it comes with um, like a built-in drummer. So like if you have like, um, say, for instance, you have played a guitar track to a click, you know, it'll pick up your beats per minute and then the drummer will play along to it what awesome. yeah yeah what i'll send you i'll send you a couple videos uh like uh, on messenger once we wrap but i mean once I'm i found dream. that i was like you got to be kidding me because then like you can like take like the kick put the kick in take out the snare you could have just the ride and like you know i think that um i mean i wrote i think i wrote three albums on GarageBand before you know uh, pocket dial uh, ended a few years ago but i loved GarageBand, man i thought that the interface was great and the midi is have you ever messed with the midi
1: yeah, I do. I do a lot of. I mean, I record on the MIDI there all the time. I have a, I have a MIDI keyboard. That's how I get the keyboard sounds. I was yeah. So it is what I what I'm most impressed by right now is all of the, you know, the the plugins for the compressors, the limiters. The um, it has a whole. I mean, I don't. I've just been recording honestly. i i I I put put the computer in front of my guitar amp the other day. Play the guitar like that, and then put that through an amp simulator through like a British yeah. crunch.
0: Thing. I've, done, I've done the exact same thing with um, bass. Like I've recorded my bass with the laptop facing the the amp, and then yeah, some of those um, there's like a what's the one guitar uh, called Dublin Relay, I believe it's a guitar uh, plugin. I love that sound, man. It's so good. But you know what, GarageBand, I'm very thankful for it. You know, um, I used to record all my podcasts in, and then I moved over to the uh, addition in the, the Adobe creative suite, just cause I've been doing some video editing, but I mean, the album state of fuck home, you can, you can download right now. Um, we can put a link underneath here in the podcast for everybody to check out. You can also check out Dave Cope. He's going to be performing on June 6th. At the the and arts festival. And I'm, I'm super stoked that you came back to chat a little bit, um, a little bit more about, you know, how we're feeling these days.
1: My pleasure, Bob. Thank you for having me. And anytime, man, let me know if you want to talk again. I'm, I'm down. My name is Bob and this has been another episode of Bobcast.